DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision has given you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Ready to go? Ready for some basketball? Yes, I am. Tomorrow night, we get at it, 8 o'clock, Rockets. Let's do it. The Rockets are terrible. It feels like a warm-up game. Which, if the team thinks it's a warm-up game, then they could probably screw it up. As long as they think it's a real game and they just bring it, they should be fine, because Houston's terrible. 13 straight losses, don't get fooled. That will be Quinn's uh, mantra for the next 24 hours. Until they, lose, until they lose to the Kings and it's 14 in a row. Yeah, true. He'll text the true. guys at Tonight, midnight. Yes. It's 14 yes. in a row. 14. So, yes, tomorrow uh, we get going, second half. One quick home game off the, onto the road for five, where really the Jazz just got back from, from doing that. The last game was Philadelphia, disappointing. But a lot's happened since then. Hopefully motivation uh, and just a continued path to war- towards the uh, the ultimate goal. Yeah, as I look at that Philadelphia game and what transpired and all the noise that was created after the fact, I think that's beneficial for the Jazz. Obviously, you want to win the games, but I, I think with Gobert and Mitchell doing what they say and what they said and attention being brought to it, that, you know, the squeaky wheel type deal that I'm expecting some more respect from the perspective of the Jazz, and it won't be as what Mitchell would say, that they were tired of it, because I sort of think it put the league on notice. I know we talked about it last week, but as I reflect upon it, since there's been no games, I actually think that was a positive in that situation, and it will benefit them over the course of the long term. You know, PK, I, I really thought a lot about it the last week. And then, of course, uh, you know, Donovan and Mitchell being the last two, uh, Donovan and Rudy, pardon me, Donovan and Mitchell, Donovan and uh, Rudy being the last two players taken in the All Star draft. Um, yeah, tough week. But at the same time, I, it's almost like I felt like Donovan and Rudy and even Mike uh, spoke for other teams in this league as well. Uh, that was just kind of my take because I've heard this from, you know, players from Sacramento. You, you know, even San Antonio, the great success they've had. They still have had, you know, comments, uh, mid mid sized markets, et cetera. The Memphis is like Conley mentioned himself. He felt it for the last 12 years when he was, a, you know, in Memphis. So it's almost like Donovan decided to rise up and make a, make a statement for not just the Utah Jazz, but for the other. Uh, mid-sized markets in the NBA, which maybe it does put the league on notice, PK. It's a, that's an interesting thought. I don't know unless the officials are angered by it. Um, you know, the two-minute report comes out in every game, and you see discrepancies, of course. It's human nature. But the anger that, you know, I felt that night just as a viewer, too, um, uh, and I called that game, I thought, gosh, you know, what don't they see? But, um, you know, it I think the, Donovan has a long fuse, PK, like yourself, but sometimes it pops, right? <laughs> and so that was a particular night after four years in this league that Donovan wanted to say something. You know, it cost him 25000 but that's that's pretty much 
repentance compared to, to the to the message. You know, obviously he got he got out. Let's see what kind of motivation it does bring. If they even need a PK, I mean, look, there's doubters and there's non-believers. Now all you have to do is go out and obviously get through the second half healthy first and foremost, and you stay on course. And maybe, you know, again, a lot of players play with anger or chips on their shoulders. They find something to motivate them. If this doesn't, then I don't know what will. So, well, I would like to think that it puts the league on notice and the refereeing will be better. And I certainly agree with you, PK, or uh, Bullard, that, uh, you know, Portland, Indiana, I've read and heard quotes and heard people talk about it over the time. I I just have a hard time believing everything is going to change now. I think if there's a bigger benefit, it's that it puts the jazz players on notice. Like, well, you gotta, you gotta be up by ten. You gotta be able to weather two bad calls. You gotta be able. I can't remember who it was, but somebody this year, they were they were beating them pretty good, and it was a good thing because the team banked in a three pointer like a minute ago. It was a terrible shot, and it was so bad it went in. But it didn't matter because it took it a lead from eleven down to eight. And so if it gives them the edge, like we can never let up. We can't yeah. take our foot off the gas because uh, the Jazz are up by 13. You know, it's kind of like, well, we better push it to 20, and then calls won't matter. Right. No, that's a great point. them on notice. Yeah, it's, it's a great point because I think one thing, too, with a three-point shot is we're all learning in this league over the last three or so years where it's really come into vogue, where all teams now have firepower, is that 10- and 12-point leads mean, means nothing and they evaporate on. I've seen, hey, we've seen 12-0 runs in a matter of, you know, 45, 55 seconds. It's it can be, you know, you can you can make that up in just a blink of an eye. A turnover, a three. Uh, you get a steal, uh, a three. Or then you get fouled and you get to the line and one. I mean, that's how that's how quick uh, the league can change or the game uh, momentum can change in a matter of just seconds. And you know, maybe you're right. You know what? Keep the pedal down. That's what Quinn is saying, has said for years. And sometimes the Jazz have fallen into that. We we witnessed uh, to PK's point about you know, and your point about the, the the woes of the Rockets. But on any given night, this 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 is the NBA. There's proud players out there who get an opportunity uh, to show their skills off, and they don't like losing either, right? <laughs> I mean, the Rockets are going to win again sometime sooner than later, and. That's part of this equation, too, is staying focused, understanding who your opponent is, and still always have that that attitude of putting teams putting teams down. And if you have to continue to play your starters, uh, you know, into the fourth quarter with leads of 10 or 12 to make sure that happens, then so be it. That's the way this league is. So I was hoping that the Jazz could have maybe gotten Jason Tatum, but they got Ilya Sova, so we'll have to uh, have to stay with that. Uh, yeah. What do you think he brings? Well, you know, PK is six ten, and I, you know, I remember him well last year with the Bucks. I mean, he's a three point threat. He's thirty seven percent from uh, in his career from three. Uh, I know him. Uh, remember him as a corner three type guy, uh, which fits into the, you know, into the uh, Quinn Snyder game plan on a given night. And I think his size, uh, PK, obviously is is a piece that the Jazz are thinking ahead to have another big that can defend. Uh, or draw defenders out to him because of his three-point threat uh, and let open space for Rudy Donovan and others to do some work inside. But also it's because of the Lakers' size, right? So the Jazz have another piece in trying to battle 
that matchup that they, they may end up, let's hope they end up facing if you're going to win a, a Western Conference title. They've looked ahead to think, okay, we need size to match up in the playoffs, and I believe that's the reason why they, they found him and decided to sign him for the final 36 games of the season. Is he out of shape? Doubtful. Probably knew he'd get a call, but hasn't played since last year with the Bucks. But I've always been impressed with the way the guy's played. I mean, he's got great skill set and the size I think the Jazz need and the three-point shot. Greg Bolajak joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, it's always fun to try to guess at what Quinn is thinking and what he is going to do. But I think adding Ilya Silva, and if they are going to count on him in a playoff series, he's going to need some minutes. I also right. don't think there's any point in really tinkering with a lineup that has the best record in the NBA. But I do think the team has looked sluggish, heavy-legged, all those cliches, a step slow when they've had to play the three games in four days. and they The four and six, and they start to get worn down. So I'm expecting, especially with Conley, because they think they're going to protect you know the hamstrings. That seems to be an ongoing issue. But with some of the other players, too, and when they have these back-to-backs, give guys a night. To pick one guy and say, okay, you're out tonight. The next night, another guy, you're out tonight. And kind of rotate through it. Do you think we're going to see some of that in the second half of the season? Or, or DJ, limit you know, some of the starters' minutes, maybe, or Faves. I mean, Faves is only playing an average of about, what, 14. So that, that I don't think, is a huge impact, but it could be injury insurance. It could be minutes, as you just said. Um, you know, maybe a player does lose minutes. Is it George Niang? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm anxious to see how, how it works out. Does he sit and, and, and wait until matchups uh, become uh, part of Quinn's uh, design. So I'm with you. Uh, it's an interesting pickup. He's 33. Okay. But, uh, you know, so is Mike Conley. Um, you know, I, I think there's something left in the tank for these guys who take care of themselves and are able to get on the floor and play, but it's an intri- intriguing signing, but I think it just is another big in case they need it, uh, going down the stretch. They play the Lakers remember twice on a, uh, well, a so-called back-to-back they stay in L.A. and play them twice in three days with that day off. So, uh, you know, again, I don't think we've seen the last of the Lakers, haven't seen the last of the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. There's a lot of Western Conference teams that Jazz play in these the second half of the season, especially after they get back off this last East Coast road trip uh, next week. So, yeah, it's an intriguing pickup, and I'm anxious like you, man, to see what the actual uh, game plan, so to speak, is to use – uh, Arizona Eliasova. So it was a year ago in OKC when everything broke loose. How many times did you cry because you were so scared? <laughs> you know, PK, I, I tell you that that night, uh, which is March 11th, um, you know, is seared in my mind. It was, you know, it it was. Uh, <clears throat> to say the least, man, it's it's going to stay with me. Uh, it, it was just. The unknown, uh, watching the crew that I work with and everyone's reaction. I, I've always said this to people when I talk about that night. Uh, Quinn's leadership was outstanding. Uh, he said, we're in it together. We, we stay together. We leave together. I'll never forget that line. Like, you know, no one's, no one's staying back. We're, we're all in this together. I think the strangest thing was just walking out of the door that night uh, and, and seeing the, uh, the brave folk 
uh, by the way, in Oklahoma City who 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 are going to test us, you know, dressed in hazmat gear, and you wonder what in the world is going on. And I've always said this too: it felt like a Spielberg movie. Um, <clears throat> everything was just so precise. And uh, I guess it was because I was super focused, uber focused on what was going on. But, you know, the testing part was the most bizarre because it was a little bit more archaic than what we're going through now with our testing a year later. But I keep thinking, I thought thought about this last night, how much has happened in one year's time, you know, in all parts of our society. And it's it's a bizarre thing to look back and see what, you know, a year, what a year brings. I'm just thankful that we've making we've taken the step ahead um, in a lot of these categories, uh, hopefully. And the vaccines, which of course are going to be people's choices, uh, I've got mine scheduled today. And I, I got to tell you a story how it happened. I just got a text a week and a half ago, and it said uh, from the university, uh, and I said, "Wow, that's weird." Um, and so I called, and they said, "Yeah, your, your name popped up." And we have an opening on March 11th. Is that weird? That is freaky right there, man. And I say, you're kidding me. And so we can pitch <laughs> in. Well, we put you in at 5, 5 o'clock or 5.10. I have to go look at my calendar. And I didn't think. I was kind of like, wow, man, cool. But then when I sit back, I go, man, that's one year to the day. And so I, I don't know how it happens, PK. I really don't know. But it's weird. I thought just the. The coincidence on this particular situation had me a little freaked out, to be totally honest with you. One year to the next, exactly one year. So I don't know if you remember it this way, but I talked to somebody who was on that trip who said that uh, one of the weirdest things, aside from how long you had to sit in small rooms in the arena, was getting on the bus and then trying to find a hotel uh-huh. That would take because there's so many unknowns, right? Does a hotel right. want to take someone who's got coronavirus when there could be other people in the group? And they drove out apparently to some hotel, and I've only been to Oklahoma City once, so I don't know the town at all, you know. And so right. wherever, somewhere, but apparently you drove out into the darkness outside of the city to some random hotel way off the beaten path. And one person told me it felt they were a little worried that it was a cross between. Uh, outbreak, the the uh, Hoffman Rene Russo movie, right? Right. And that right. you were going to be the people sacrificed to get the. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole conspiracy theory in that movie. And Casino with um, Pesci going to the cornfield at the end to meet his right. fate, right? Yeah. And there was it was a really weird bus ride. Now is that all over dramatized or was no. it really weird? I, I'll tell you from my from my perspective on our bus was uh, it was quiet and it was around one a.m. And uh, I felt like the drive went for ever uh, longer than it actually was. Okay, so your mind, I think for me, slowed things down. Like, where, where are we going? And when are we going to get there? Because I knew we were going to some hotel, but you're right. It was out outside of uh, the city, uh, but it felt like the drive was much longer. And again, your mind starts to play tricks on you. Let's be honest, at that time of the morning and what you, you know, you've experienced. So. Uh, but we got there, and no one greeted us, and I didn't expect it. They just said, grab a key, and there were multiple keys on this one desk in the middle of the hotel lobby. And we just took a key, looked at the number on it, and went to our room, and then waited for the call the next day. That's basically how it went down. After after we uh, got the word that uh, the buses are here, let's go. 
and that's how how it went down. There's a lot of in betweens there with the story, but you know I'm still proud of the way people acted, guys. I know it don't want to overplay it, but again though, not knowing of being in that in the pool of of this of this franchise and this team, I'm proud of how they acted, how we all got through it, and how Quinn, you know, really kind of led us, you know, uh, through this because. You know, it was really kind of on him, I guess, because he was there. He's on the ground, so to speak. And you got questions, where where are we going? What are we doing? And he was pretty straight up with us. So I've always been, uh, you know, I've always had kind of a, what's the word I want to use? I guess proud, but also honored to know him because I, I, I saw leadership that night that uh, you rarely see in some people. And I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really great of him to, to, to lead us that way. I'm sorry, but having watched the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, once DJ mentioned Rene Russo, I lost you. <laughs> you, you. You totally just uh, checked out, right, Rene Russo? Yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame him either. Thomas Crown Affair, if you haven't seen it, and you're a Rene Russo fan, you've made a mistake. Yep. You need to go see that movie. Was it Pierce Brosnan in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, he was. That was double oh seven, right? Double oh. Well, he wasn't. I, but I he, think that was his backside. Yeah. Yeah, that was his other. Easy. Back, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm here for levity. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys man. handle this, the pick and roll. All right, Buller. <laughs> pick and roll. On on that note, I guess we'll let you go. <laughs> Thanks for joining roll, us. Right? Enjoy yeah, the guys. end of enjoy the end of your All Star break, and it's uh, it's back to it. Let's get going, man. Second half, a lot of a lot of uh, games to play, but exciting. And um, you know, we're just going to put our toe in the water and, and see where it takes us. But I'm hoping the Jazz. You know, again, health is number one. Uh, and you know, again, I don't think there's going to be an issue. There shouldn't be an issue with some focus and the determination. There's an opportunity here to really make some noise in the NBA and. You know, the critics are there. They have been. They probably always will be. But you know what? There's This this group has has a, has a mission, so to speak. And, uh, you know, people ask me that. But I know we're going along, but they always ask, and we've talked about it on this show a lot, is really are they, they, are they that tight of a team? How could they not be after what they've all gone through this past year? And I think that just makes the bond and the whole story more interesting as, they, as, they, as we continue on, as they continue on. And we just go along for the ride. So, um, as I say, buckle up. Let's see where we where where it takes us. It's going to be fun. Craig Bolderjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz and Rockets, Friday night, and then a Sunday afternoon game with Golden State, and then a nice, convenient cross country flight. What a weird road trip! It's an Eastern swing that starts in Oakland. Weird. All right, when we come back. Everything in this show in one compact segment. We'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Morant drives baseline, loses the handle, goes right to Valanciunas, who floats it up and in and gets fouled again. Jonas Valanciunas single-handedly trying to take this one over. He's got 24 and 14. To Luka driving left to right at the elbow. Behind the back to Doncic, top of the arc for three. Good for Porzingis. Doncic jab, stepping, faking left, going right between the legs. Step back over Murray for three, and there's your kill shot. Memphis Grizzlies blow out the Washington Wizards, 127-112. And the Dallas Mavericks beat the Spurs, 115-104. The NBA is back with two games, 11 games tonight, but two games last night. And then the Jazz will be one of the last teams to get things going when they play on Friday. So, PK, movers, climbers, second half of the season. Uh, Dallas up, Denver up, San Antonio down. Who's moving? Who's going where? All of this mattering because you figure the Jazz have a decent chance of playing someone who comes out of that 7-8-9-10 playoff. So who's going to be in it? I don't know that we're going to see any significant movement, but we don't necessarily need to see that for the standings to change because there's not a lot of room between uh, these teams. So really a little mini hot streak. What I'm saying as far as moving, I, I just don't know. I was a believer in Denver until this year. I thought they were a really good team. They're still a good team, no question about it. You've got a first-team All-NBA guy. You're really good. Uh, He's really good. And you have that capability in any given game. But I'm wondering if they can hit their stride like I thought they were going to, like they have done the last couple of years. But as far as standings goes, you don't necessarily need to hit a big-time stride to move up two or three spots. So, that very well could happen. I could, you could be right on both accounts. They could move up a couple of spots, even though they never really had a situation where they won 8 out of 10, uh, 10 out of 13 type of deal, you know, when you really got it going. So I'm not sure that we're going to see that. And unless there's some deals made, and uh, watching the Maverick game was on NBA television last night, and I don't, I, I know Greg Anthony was talking. I'm not sure who the play-by-play guy goes, or who play-by-play guy was, but they were talking about from Dallas's perspective. Next year, they were, or this coming summer, they were saving uh, opportunities financially to maybe make a run at Antetokounmpo. And since obviously he's taken himself off the market by re-signing with Milwaukee, they were speculating. Does uh, does Dallas invest in some player right now that gives them an opportunity? And because the target or targets that they thought they could get in the summer aren't going to be there, so we can talk about it now. But I think the deadline is the twenty fifth of March. So what's it? Uh, just a little over two weeks away. So there could be maybe some significant developments there that could alter our line of thinking that we have right now. Their uh, payroll drops $37, $38 million going into next year. So options, options, baby. And you're right. You take advantage of those options now. Yeah. And you're also right that it doesn't take much to change the standings. Portland's in fifth place, but they're only three games in front of the Grizzlies and the Warriors, who are ninth and tenth. So it's three games from five to ten right now, and you don't need much to – change your position, and obviously for teams like the Jazz, then that changes who they might be seeing. You know, who gets mm-hmm. up to yeah. six and stays out of that, uh, you know, those one-off playing games where, hey, one or two games changes everything. Right, right. And that, it, and that probably is going to happen because the injuries or in the case of Portland getting back McCollum, 
and Nurkic at some point. You know, that could make a difference for them, although they're already in fifth. Yep. Um, but maybe maybe they maybe they can move up. And I think all of us have our eyes on the Suns because as much as we view the Jazz as being disrespected, I think there's more, and probably justifiably so, disrespect heaped upon the Suns because they're second right now, and I don't think anybody had them second. And can they hold it? You know, a lot of folks are going to say, eh, I'm not really sure about those guys. Well, I can remember you saying one morning uh, just before the season was getting going, and you brought up the fact that you had been at the gym on the treadmill listening to Arizona Sports Talk Radio, as you often mm-hmm. do for multiple reasons. Uh, it yeah. helps you with the show. You might get a little ASU stuff, which you just find interesting. And obviously, most of us here know Ryan Hatch, who runs that station. So you have multiple yes. reasons to dial it up and you know see what's going on there. And you said, hey— they're talking about the Suns. We were t- I was mentioning about them climbing and being a playoff team, and you're like, they're talking about the Suns passing the Jazz and getting into, into fifth, or yeah, was it fifth, or maybe fourth? Fourth, fourth. 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 It was in the fourth. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that one, t- one team or the other is more disrespected because I think once you get outside of Arizona and Utah and the other 48 states, everybody else is picking somebody else to win the West. I just don't think to outside win the West of, for sure. Yeah. And so – at some level, that's disrespect. Now, maybe you know you think they're going to crash out in the first round, which, boy, if you're the one or two seed and you go out in the first round, that's bad news because ones and twos aren't supposed huh? to lose to sevens and eights. Maybe it's okay if you go out in the second round if a, a, you know, an established team like the Lakers is viewed as tanking it or having an injury. In the case of the Lakers this year, maybe it would be both, you know, and they just don't care if they're three, four, okay, or five. Let me throw this at you. Phoenix finishing second, yes or no? Buy or sell? I would sell. That's a tough call. And that's what most people would. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough call, but I just figure like either the Lakers or Clippers is going to get rolling here. And that's all it takes is one of them to get rolling. But I think if you ask uh, a large portion of people, buy or sell on the Jazz finishing first, a lot of folks are going to buy. It's not that un- inconceivable now. Not at all. Right. It's, uh, I think I guess the thing the Jazz have is um, – if you don't really believe in either team, the Jazz are two games clear in the loss column and have an easy schedule. I know some Jazz fans, not you or I, and we don't talk about it that much, so why aren't they on national TV more? Look at their schedule and tell me what game they should be playing. They play a lot of bad teams. And I don't know, maybe it'll change this year. They're trying this new 7, 8, 9, 10 playoff thing where 7 plays 8 and they're in the playoffs and 9 plays 10 and they're eliminated. And whoever loses that 7-8 game then plays the winner of the 9-10 game for the last playoff spot. Which I like. So maybe that will stop the tanking. But I think we usually underestimate how much those top three or four teams are going to win in the second half of the season because they play so many teams that are shutting it down. And I've already talked to people, and you probably have too, and read stuff, and people are looking at what team in the West is going to unexpectedly shut it down. And I've seen multiple people say the Warriors, that they are getting ready to try and win the title next year, and they wouldn't mind having some playoff experience for the guys who are new to the club. Obviously, you know, they got Wiseman, who's, you know, brand new, you know, rookie. Uh, But really... They don't want to wear guys out. They want to be ready to go next year, and they may just shut people down. Well, there's only two guys you really got to yeah, worry they about. They shut that. stuff down, it's all over. <laughs> then that's that. Green. Everybody else is unproven on that team. That's what I, I was talking to Larry Bird the other day, and that's what he was talking about. Nice name dropper. Lair. 
Well, not that Larry Bird. Oh. How many Larry Birds do you know? <laughs> I actually do know one. Really? From California, yeah. Yep. And he was of the Laker age fan? where he got a... Uh, oh, for sure, yeah. And he got a lot of attention being named Larry Bird, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was right during that time that I was living there. I was going to say, Celtic, it was probably right during the heyday. <laughs> Celtic-Laker rivalry. 510-205? Uh, he was about six foot, but uh, okay. he was proportionate. No, he's he's I'd say maybe one eighty. All right, other things we talked about in addition to the Jazz, uh, Ilya Soba. What's he going to bring to the Jazz? What is he going to add? And uh, the answers that we got ran from nothing to uh, depth to matchup potential that could help uh, Quinn Snyder based on what another team looks like. And how they're playing, and how they uh, how they decide to play, and so we'll have to see how that plays out. I'm sure well, Quinn will get asked about that, and I'm sure the answer well, no question will be a little on the vague side. Uh, no, I thought you brought up a good point. If you want him to be any form of sharp for the postseason, if or when you need him, well, you got to get him some time now. You just can't let him d- sit around for. Yep. We still got three months to go here. <laughs> I mean, the playoffs are starting what mid May. Uh, so at that point, you know that's a that's a long time, and having him just, you know, do twenty minutes on the treadmill after to stay in shape, that's not any good. And now the G League is going to be done, right? And I don't know what the rules were if he could play anyway, uh, because that was that was a bubble situation that's wrapped up or is either wrapping up here very soon. So I would suspect he Quinn would try to find some some opportunities to get the guy in there. I mean, he's going to be making. He's going to be in the NBA, and he's going to be making NBA money. So that's better than not doing it, even if you don't get in the game. But if you want to have any type of effectiveness, if and when you need him, you got to find a way to to get him in to some degree, and not just you know a minute and a half at the end of a end of a blowout. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. I really think we'll see some guys rested in back-to-backs. I think Connolly's a, a natural because we've already seen him miss games with a hamstring. But I, I really do think the teams look lethargic when they've had to play that three games in four days and four and six. So if they occasionally sit a guy, uh, you know, well, I they think they will. I don't think it's an if. Yeah, uh, Derek Favors could probably use some time off. It'll be interesting to see if he looks better after the All Star break because he's been moving like he's limited and in pain. Okay. But that even means more so that you've got to get him minutes for the opportunity that you will have for him to play valuable minutes. Yep. So that increases the ante as far as I'm concerned because of that very thing that you just said. And that's going to happen to one degree or another. And we hope it's not because you're forced. It's because it's an elective deal that you want to do that as they did with uh, Conley on the Florida trip who they lose to Miami, and then mm-hmm. he didn't play for Orlando, and they still won the ball game because they're 7-0 and without him. So, yeah, that, that increases the need to get him in there. So you don't want to have him get in there for the first time when you really need him. <laughs> no, absolutely not. College hoops, the Utes, big, big early lead, led by as many as 19, beat Washington by three. Huskies were never going to win that. They hit a three with eight-tenths of a second left. 
to turn a six-point game into a three, and that's as close as they as they were. So the Utes, now 12-12 and on the year, advance to the Pac-12 quarterfinals and play USC in the quarterfinals tonight. 6.30 on the Pac-12 networks. An SC team that crushed them, just ran them off the floor in L.A. But then in the second, more recent meeting, the Utes, got the W when uh, USC was struggling through the mountain time zone, getting beat first in Colorado and then in Salt Lake. So, you're saying there's a chance, PK. Well, if they can limit turnovers and make shots, and I'm a little nervous on that because they made shots against Washington. And they had some really soft. has been streaky as can be. They had some really soft turnovers in that game. Really soft. Totally enforced. The potential, no question, is there. I actually think the potential is to to win four in a row. I certainly, being in Vegas, wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on anything anyway. But uh, just uh, you know, sort of uh, talking. Uh, what's the word? Rhetorically, I think, as I'm looking forward uh, to that. I wouldn't never put any money on it. But I think they've got a shot if they can make shots. This is this is such a. Jekyll and Hyde team that I'm surprised Larry has any hair left. Hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people. And please stop, stop showing Larry playing the guitar in the coach's office already. (laughs) A lot of enough of it. A lot of people uh, are are probably thinking, well, this team's been so inconsistent. How can they win three in a row? They did do it one time this year. They won at Colorado. They beat Arizona, and then they won at Cal. So they have had a three-game win streak this year. Well, that's the height of inconsistency that you win four in a row. They've lost four in a row twice. That that's the very reason why you're inconsistent, and the very reason which leads me to believe you could possibly do it. As I say, I wouldn't bet on it, but it's possible. Aggies play tonight. They're going to play UNLV. UNLV crushed Air Force 80-52 to in the first round of the Mountain West tournament, so now it's Utah State and UNLV in the quarterfinals. Scotty G will have the pregame show at 6.30. The game should tip about 7 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. And we're all expecting the Aggies to win that and get to the semis, and that's when it should get really interesting, assuming we don't have quarterfinal upsets today. Assuming that, yes, I think that once we get to tomorrow, it's anybody's ball game. I give a slight edge to San Diego State, but it's anybody's ball game. No, that seems uh, that seems pretty fair. Uh, the only team that would have confidence, you would think, against San Diego State is Utah State because they beat them twice. But it was early in the year, and they were, both games were in Logan, so I'm sure the uh, the Aztecs would take that. And oh yeah, sure. First off, we owe them. We're due, and second off, we're not on their court at elevation. So probably the team that doesn't need it. The other three teams ought to be a little more desperate. They ought to be feeling various degrees of, hey, why don't we win this and not have to sweat the selection show? Because it might go wrong for us. So, go win it. Whereas, I think San Diego State's getting in. Uh, they're just playing for seeding, I think. I wouldn't trust, if I'm any of the other teams, wouldn't trust it, I would yeah. not trust the selection committee on a Sunday to call out their name. We were talking to Steve Cleveland earlier in the week, and they had 20 years ago, they won it to get in his first uh, opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament four years after he did that massive rebuilding job. And they had a really good record, but they were of the mindset of we're not in, we've got to win. And they played in a desperate situation and they got it done outside of the Aztecs. That's what I would think that everybody needs to do. 
And the great thing about that, it's not entirely wide open, but it's probably as wide open as uh, any tournament out there. I don't know. Can you ever get to a tournament where six teams or five teams have a chance to win? Because none of the four winning would be that surprising. Boise State a little bit because they didn't finish the season as strong as you expect, but it's not, it's not a surprise if any of four well, winning. They beat, they beat Utah State twice. Yes, they did. You know what I mean? So yeah. you can play, we beat you, you beat yep. us, we beat them, they beat you. I just, so you can go back and forth on that. Off the top of my head, I can't think of, and I know five and six seeds do win tournaments, but I just don't think you go into a tournament thinking, four teams could really win this, and it's not a stupid okay, thing to say I aloud. I say maybe a five or six, but, but I think there's some quality. This is one of the better years for the Mountain West in terms of depth. You think four teams can win the Pac-12 tournament? Pac-12 has been difficult to assess this season. Uh, a lot of COVID stuff going on with in and out. And so what do, what do we think about that? Uh, so I think SC has the most NBA talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you wouldn't you know, bet against they, Oregon. They had a nice, probably not, uh, but... So then the question is, do you I buy Colorado think, and UCLA to win the tournament? Because then fifth place Arizona isn't in the tournament, and once you get down to Oregon State, you now you got ten and ten team, and we're not picking them. The Bruins have had a couple of injuries there, uh, to where if they had their whole team, I could believe in them a little bit more. But right now, I can't believe in them as much, so I wouldn't. And as soon as I say that, watch them win it. <laughs> but I wouldn't say them. Colorado, uh, Colorado is like a high level. Utah with the inconsistency. And it went 11-1 and at home. Now, of course, the only loss was against the Utes in a game in which Colorado, with nine minutes to go, led by 19 points. <laughs> so go figure that one. So that's a little bit of a mystifying thing. But if I had to bet, I would go, I would, I would stay with the seed, which isn't very bold of me by any stretch, and say uh, Oregon and SC. And I think right now, if I can just eliminate that Mountain West trip for SC, which I can't, if I could, I'd go with them. And I'm probably going to go with them as a, a slight favorite to win it, win the whole thing. All right, there's some, uh, there's some college basketball for you. Uh, that's mostly what we have been talking about today. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back with your feedback and see how many of you are really funny and how many of you just think you're funny. We'll get to that next. Your feedback on the way. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ PK, it is time for your feedback. Yawk is having some technical issues with the open mics, but uh, he will work on that, and hopefully we'll have it in line tomorrow. Yeah, we're hoping to have them resolved soon. So right now it's a closed mic? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I'm turning yours off right now. <laughs> oh, man, what a blow. Question of the morning, what do you think Urson Ilyasova will bring to the Jazz? It's getting a lot of reaction. The three-peat three fan, Dan, at USU, the right blue. Says an extra body can't have too much depth. We got a lot of that. They're ready for more depth, anticipating injuries and matchup issues. Warren says uh, conspiracies on how old he actually is, so I hear. What? 
Yeah. Maybe he's not really 33. Well, why would what, – what's up with that? This is these Dominican baseball players here? Yeah, so this is the NBA version of that storyline, right? <laughs> I've never heard that from an NBA I, I don't. Uh, I don't worry about that when he gets out on the court. If he can hit the corner three and defend a little bit, cool. He can be 43. I don't care. Mm, we're going to judge him on whether he can do it. Okay, but at 43, he probably can't do it. He probably can't. Spencer says at least one folk hero moment where he hits a big shot or makes a big defensive play in the playoffs. Well, if that's true, then then it's worth it. Yep. Mark says he's insurance if Bojan or any others get hurt. That's it. Hopefully we don't need to count on him. That would also be an awesome storyline. You win a bunch and you don't need to count on him. That's what I thought originally, but as you have been talking throughout the course of the show with the idea of resting some guys, because it's a heavy, heavy load, mm-hmm. four games a week is a lot of basketball to be playing for sure, especially when you're factoring these guys are still traveling. You know, they're in the media and stuff aren't traveling, but these guys are traveling, so you're probably going to need him. Uh, so I've come around to thinking that, He's just not going to be a total insurance policy completely. Clint says, Turkish thunder. He's got a little lightning bolt emoji, too. He's from Turkey. That's a fact. Yeah, I assume old uh, Memo Okur knows him because, as we said, all Europeans know every single other European. And then if you're from the same country. No, but if you're I mean, from the I, same really, country and elite player, that's going to that's gonna shrink yeah, the Yeah, but even still, I'm surprised Joe Ingles did not know John from Winnemucca, <laughs> uh, Australia, or whatever he said. Wollongong or whatever he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does he bring yeah. to the Jazz? And Wes says, unfiltered cigarettes. What? That was 30 years ago, big guy. on the bench? Yeah. <laughs> is this Vladi Divots we're talking yeah, back about? Back in the day. Okay, yeah, Vladi, that's 20 years ago. That's not 30. You're right. Yeah. But he, he cut that out towards the end of his career, it seemed like, but early on, man. Vladi. Rye Guy says... St. George. St. George. St. George with a guy over the weekend, and he lit up, and it just seems so bizarre to me. Oh, and as of the two guys I told you, I texted you, they both were alumni of uh, UC Santa Barbara, and they were meeting up for a little uh, long weekend golf vacation in St. George. Yeah, there you go. And the, one, the, one guy, the one one guy lit up, and that seemed uh, seemed unusual to me. That's because it is. Used to be real common. I was talking with my brother about this. So, you know, we're getting to the age now where we were get, starting to get to the age where we remember our grandparents at this age. They're like, I don't – feel like we're as old as they were and yet I know the number and we're there and he's like it's it's all the smoking he says even if you didn't smoke the secondhand smoke back then was so common if you you know got on an airplane if you got in a in a restaurant uh, you just inhaled more secondhand smoke and you know you get less oxygen and, and, and you end up with more wrinkles and it impacts your energy level and he said it's just it's way different we underestimate the impact that all the uh all the smo- non-smoking rules have made. <laughs> yeah, you're healthier, but you don't care. My parent, my, no, 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 no. My parents smoked until oh, they smoked for fifty plus years. Yep. So my energy level is uh, dropping. So I just fell asleep. You're right. 
No, I drove, I mean, in cars with them, with the windows up. Yeah, you got a lot of secondhand smoke. Yeah. Oh, a ton. A ton of secondhand smoke. Yeah, absolutely. I got a picture of my mother's prom, and at the bottom of it, both of them have cigarettes. And then they both had a death scare in the mid-70s, and both of them quit cold turkey. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Rye Guy at Jedster76 says, Urson, a good towel waver. He's got very low expectations. He'll be down at the end of the bench waving a towel. I don't even know where the end of the bench is now. They got it all scattered. <laughs> they do. They got a couple yeah. rows. Donovan, in one of the road games, came out of the game and sat down, and all of a sudden someone drove to the hoop and there was a replay, and Donovan was sitting behind the basket. You know, and that would have obviously been uh, in the, ble- the, the, the seats, the ble- not bleachers, but, you know, the seats usually collapse so they can play hockey in these arenas. Yeah, and the so, pullout stands, yeah. Yeah, so he was like, I don't, it looked like he was like 25 feet off the end of the court, just sitting in his folding right. chair, and there's nobody else in the shot. He's just sitting by himself, arms folded, watching the game. And then I think the Jazz did something. Somebody got a three-point play or something. And so he kind of he clapped and like, all right, that was good. <laughs> like, what are you doing over there? Uh-huh. But, yeah. yeah, the end of the bench is an expression more than a place. Players are like coaches now. Are you in the first row or are you in the second row? Yeah, I don't know where they go. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up. Scotty G will do the show, and then he will have the Aggies tonight here on The Zone. 6.30 the pregame, 7 o'clock for the game, Utah State and UNLV Mountain West Commerce Tournament quarterfinals. Scotty and Hans are up next. We'll talk to you.